You sure you're ready for this? I'll do my best. Your best? Losers always whine about their best. Winners go home and f*** the prom queen. Welcome to the Big Soccer Show, the best soccer show in the whole world. Here we go, best soccer show, backheel.com. We are live. Jason Davis and Jared Dubois. It is Monday. Did I tell you, did I tell you it's my birthday week? I should know this. I feel like as your long-term partner, uh, you know, second longest relationship you probably had in your life, uh, aside from Meg, uh, Honestly, I should know this. yes. Yeah, 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 right? I should yeah, know this. Me, it- yeah, well, you are the second. I, I hadn't before my wife. I'd never had a relationship longer than like two and a half years, and and you've gone longer than that with me. Oh man, it's I nice. mean, granted, you don't put out much, but no, and and I don't think I've ever gotten you a, an anniversary present, which uh, I'm not sure what that means for our future that's, relationship. That's pretty normal for my everyday relationship as well. All right, well, birthday week. What does birthday week mean for Jared Dubois? Oh, it means I get my poker tournament this weekend. Yeah, I have my yearly okay. poker tournament. All right. Well, what about? What about presents, Jared? What about gifts? Anything uh, in particular? Um, you know what I, I need? What I need right now, I, 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 I honestly need some old man gifts. No, really? Like I've realized that I've crossed a threshold where I want the kind of gifts that you would probably make fun of when you were younger. Okay. You like, know what I need? I could, I could do with an ear trimmer. Okay. All right. Well, like an uh, ear yeah, hair trimmer. I kind of have one of those. I don't like to admit having one of those, uh, but it, it is necessary once, to get, once you get, get to a certain point. Now, I, I don't know what your daily attire is when you go to the job. Like I know, I know you work in distribution, and, and you know, I'm I'm, a, I'm imagining you're not a suit and tie kind of guy. Pro, right? Yeah, it, it's like a collared shirt, jeans, and steel toe. Okay, so you wear you get to wear jeans to work. Yeah, I think one of those things that you dream about when you're a kid is that you get to have a job where you can wear jeans to work. Right. Luckily. I've managed to find myself in a job where I wear whatever I want to work, and most of the time that means jeans. You get to wear jeans to work. Now. That may not be the place you want to show off your best jeans, but you still gotta you still gotta get I, the good stuff. Right? I, I've also reached a point in my life where there's no difference between my best jeans and my jeans. Okay, right, and you know what? That's because you take pride in your appearance, right? And and, and I no, think, it's because I've gone to a very low maintenance version of me. Okay, but see, that's at the same time, comfort and style don't have to be mutually exclusive. So what we're gonna do. For the soccer, uh, for the best soccer show listeners here, sorry, tripped up, tripped myself up there a little bit. What we're going to do is to tell them to check out the, uh, the fine jeans from the people at Mott and Bow, which, uh, is one of the, is the new sponsor for best soccer show. And we've got, uh, a, an opportunity to get 20% off of these wonderful, superb denim quality jeans with a great look. Fantastic feel, extreme comfort. We were talking about like, you know, the, the good jeans where you don't even know, like you're not even recognizing that you're wearing pants. Well, well what I like about them, and this is one of the things I'm most leery about anytime I do a purchase online because I'm late to the online purchasing game. You know, like I, 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 I've struggled into that, not with goods, but with clothing. But what I like is the try on and return if you don't like policy. Yep. That's where I'm at. Yep. Because I have an awkward soccer shaped body. Yeah. Where in the soccer players out there know they know how I feel. Big thighs, large butt. Yeah. You know, but not not to a point where it's awkward. But it just doesn't. Things don't always fit quite you know right. What? So Look, I listen, need this. Listen, I, I I've got uh, if if anybody who's met me in person knows that I um while I am not of of I'm not short. I'm a reasonably average. 
height guy. I got stubby legs. I got, I got this curse. I don't know if it's a curse. I got a long torso and stubby legs. So it, like, it takes good genes to make me look good. So I need to be sure that I'm getting the good stuff. So Mott and Bo, um, certainly, uh, is where you guys should go to, 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 to get your genes. As Jared said, there's the try on program. Cause one of the things I'm, I'm always worried about, Jared, is, I'm always, I always want to go into the store and feel and touch and, and buy. But if I have the opportunity to, to get them at my house, try them on and send them back, why wouldn't I do that? I never have to leave. Because here's the thing. I can't beat rates that I get online at the store. You yeah. just can't. Yeah. The rates online with, with someplace like Mountain Bow is way better than what you're going to get in the store. Mm-hmm. But they've managed to take that level of uncertainty away by letting me try my stuff on first. Mm-hmm. I got my first pair right now. I got to go try them on, see how they work. But if there's a size issue, I like knowing that I can send them back and get the ones I want. Yeah, let's, uh, let's, let me give you the details here. A ridiculously comfortable, handcrafted, no ugly back pocket embroidery, no weird stitching. Six, That's huge to me. Yeah, That's huge I, to I'm me. With you I'm not that. a pit bull fan. I don't need a bunch of embroidery on my yeah. back pocket or anything yeah. like that. Simple aesthetics, great looking jeans. They make them themselves in their own factory. If you're unsure between waist sizes, you can uh, you you have to try their try at home program we just talked about trying to, uh, on at home you get an additional size for free to try uh keep the one that fits perfectly send the other one back pre-printed prepaid label inside the box um in case you're wondering about price the price point is under 100 bucks and you know for a good jean that's that's exactly where uh, you want to be because jeans can get insanely expensive. Um, they've been doing this since 1982. So go to dot com. Use the promo code soccer and get 20% off. There you go. All right. Let's do some soccer show, best soccer show stuff, Jared. And when I say that, now, obviously, I mean soccer, but I'm also talking about we got a new Archer coming and, and, and I feel as though, it is our duty to comment. Did you? I sent you details on it. Did you read them? I did. I did. I actually had seen that story on my Facebook feed and just not had gone back. I hadn't read it yet, so I'm glad you sent it to me. It reminded me to go back and read it. I am. I am excited. I am. I, I was excited for Archer Vice. I am. I am excited for this. I, I'm really all in on this. And and we we uh we've got the 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 trailer, which is um the shot for shot recreation from the opening of Magnum PI. I'm so glad that someone went on YouTube and spent really good time actually putting those two videos side by side. Yeah, I, I, I just was, I was watching it. Okay, um, first of all, tell me how loud that is. But I don't want to blow anybody out. You're good. I forgot how good this theme song is. I oh, really did. Amazing. It's ridiculously good, and I don't think we've done this before because I know on a couple of our best, our, our bonus shows, which we, I don't know if we're gonna get back to one tonight, but I know on our bonus shows we did theme songs. What happened to theme songs? Seriously. Uh, dude, th- well, first of all, it's gotten to the point where they want more content in the show, so they just eliminate the theme song altogether. Yes. There's not many modern shows you can find still that have a theme song. You know, I mean, like Big Bang Theory has one. They have that Bare Naked Lady song or whatever like that in it. But a lot of shows now, like even remember um, I think that, New Girl. I, by had, the way, I don't New th- Girl had one, and now it's just gone to Jess or something like that. That's all it is now. Right. It was like a longer yeah. version. Yeah, yeah. I'm trying to think of what shows I watch. I mean, I, I don't, I don't know that I watch anything else on broadcast television. They definitely cut it completely out. But if if you, I, I do like, I like what um, the Z's and Sorry's show does on Netflix. I haven't watched the show it's, yet. It's, 
What? I haven't watched that show yet. Why? Why oh, you haven't? Watched, no, I don't know why I haven't. What watched are you doing, show. dude? That's a great show. Yeah, you got to watch that. Uh, know, Master of None, yeah. and they just have kind of like an intro every time. It's it's got the name of the episode or something like that. But it's always got good music. They have really good music taste. It kind of rotates and stuff like that. But impeccable taste of what they what they choose for music mm-hmm. on that. But yeah, the the theme song is from like a bygone era. I feel like it, it is. Uh, the the Magnum PI theme song is fantastic. Archer's theme song is not bad. It's it's not real long, but I think it's pretty good. It sets the tone. For of, like, some the, reason, the I want to remember like Hill Street Blues had a good theme song. I think that's right. Yeah, the saxophone. Yeah, um, you know, I I think if I remember correctly, Hunter might have had a pretty good one, and T.J. Hooker maybe all, had a pretty all, good all one. All of the all of the cop or PI or spy show, they all had good theme songs. They really did. Obviously, you know, people remember Airwolf. People remember um, yeah. the Night greatest Rider. American hero, Knight Rider. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Those, all of those shows had fantastic theme songs back in the day. We can't. A team. Uh, oh, yeah, great song, great theme song. All right, we are we are live. We haven't done a, a show in our normal time slot in so long. It feels weird to be here, but the phone lines are open three four seven seven five six six two seven six. And you know how we do. We take your calls. We sit here. And we wait for you to call. And in the meantime, we kind of sp- uh, fill with whatever is on our mind. I got a list of stuff, Jared. Um, I think the lead uh, people story. People want to talk. People want to talk about Canada, right? I mean, we don't want to well, talk about Canada. Okay, but we no. want to talk about the game against Canada. Yeah, I'm not sure Canada itself has any redeeming qualities. But I, I actually, before we even get oh, into Island. the game itself, what, what, and I believe this is your note. Maybe this is, maybe this is Trevor's note. I don't know. But I put, you know, I put USA 1, Canada nothing, put a couple of observations from the game. Oh, I see it. I did not put it. Okay, Trevor put this. Number four on the list, Jordan Morris hair change. We need to speak I, about this I'm, urgently. I'm, I, here, here's the thing. Does the best soccer show take credit? I think so. Hell yeah, we take credit. We had a listener that actually added Jordan Morris with the hair commentary uh, with like re- referencing oh, the really? show. So like, he may have seen it on Twitter. <laughs> I listened. Awesome. I, I, the, I, I was not, I, I was not aware of that. Now I feel, I feel like we have to take credit. Like we, we, I, we have to because I mean, who else is talking about Jordan Morris's hair? Who yeah, and I did hear people start to refer to it as rain hair as we did. <laughs> Somebody pointed out that it's a, it was a little, it was a little um, Christopher Reeves Superman hair. Shut your mouth! He that was nowhere close to the epic <laughs> curl of Christopher Reeves. Or, or well, did didn't didn't? By like, the way, is it Reeves or Reeves? I never know. Okay, so I think it's Reeves because George Reeves was the Superman back in the fifties who died, right? And you know how like, I can re- you know how I can re- I'm gonna choose to remember that from now on. What? There's an S at the end for Superman. Okay, okay. By the way. The Superman curse, one of the more underrated curses out there. But do you know about the Superman curse? I mean, yeah. It's not working very well for Nick Cage. Well, what, 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 what? Well, he was rumored to be Superman at one point. Oh, well, he, he didn't actually be. play Superman. When they were going to do like the, I think it was like the, I think it was like a Tim Burton anti-Superman. Oh, and like he was going to be down and out. Whoa. Oh. There's a, there's a, there's a, actually a documentary out about that. And I can't think of what it's called right now. But there's a documentary talking about all those years in between where Kevin Smith wrote a script, and there like, there's a bunch of different scripts going around Hollywood for a new Superman movie, and one of them had him like down and out and on the outs and like stuff. Like there was all these different Superman scripts, and there's a documentary what, out which, right now, and I can't remember what the which, name of it. Which uh, which Superman movie was it with Reeves? Where or no? Re- is it Christopher Reeve? I don't know. see. Now you got me all confused. Regardless, which one is it? Where there's like an anti-Superman, he has to fight in like the junkyard. It's four. That's the one where they like the nuclear power makes a Superman or something uh, like that. Is that the one? Is that the one with? Um, they go to the moon or something. Okay. Is that the one with Richard Pryor that we talked no, about? No, that's that's Superman three. Three. Okay. When they artificially make kryptonite 
you know, and he's the computer guy with the world's biggest computer back in the day with like right. the reel to reel and everything. Right, right, right. Okay. I get my Superman. Well, he's good series. in it. That movie blows, but he's good in it. Okay. All right. That, that, yeah. Well, Richard Pryor's great and everything, but okay. Yeah. That, that movie blows. We're Including moving on. Are you excited at all for Batman versus Superman, by the way? No, I'm no. not. I'm really not. And I feel bad because I'm like, my kids keep seeing the commercials once to see. I'm like, well, first of all, it's not the Batman and Superman you're used to seeing. Right. Like, I don't want to take him to it. Because it's going to be definitely further, like further darker than that. But I'm just not into it. I, I maybe it's the Affleck thing, dude. I want to say it's not. I want to say I'm not that petty, but it might I, be not, the, the, the fact that, that Batman is wearing like a RoboCop yeah. outfit. Yeah. What, what, why has Batman had to evolve to the point where he's now basically just a like a guy in a suit of armor a with, a, with a tank like wh- yeah right i mean like he used to be he would outwit you yeah that was the point right he's the, he's the world's greatest detective he's not the world's greatest user of he technology first appeared in detective comics isn't he isn't isn't they didn't they basically turn him into iron man except he can't fly i mean doesn't that feel like kind of what they did pretty much yeah, huh? anyway. and, and and i mean still a playboy but you don't you know he don't get the chicks like speaking like, of speaking of movies and iconic stuff from our childhood just to get this out of the way you will be you'll be proud of me now now unfortunately i don't have access to the original version i only have the digitally remastered version which we know is an abomination etc cetera, etc cetera. but i okay. did manage to get my kid to sit through star wars episode 4 a new hope and uh, ret- uh sorry and empire strikes back i, I got him Wait, to would th- you say began managed to get him to sit through that makes him feel like he didn't enjoy it and want no, to do it on his own I, i'm pretty sure he liked them both hold on a second you know what he's here let me just say ethan okay he's actually asleep <laughs> oh he's not asleep did you like star wars yeah, yeah he liked them okay which so. one did you like more yoda or no yoda did you like yoda or no yoda better Yoda, you like Yoda? Uh, there's better? hope for your kid. Okay, he he liked he liked Yoda. I I don't mean I don't know. I mean I I knew that this was a requirement of of me. So as you a haven't father. seen the new one yet? I have not seen the new one. No, oh, dude. Look, I, I, here's the thing. I'm not at this point in my life going to the movie theater is such a damn chore. I don't know why. Like I feel like take your kid. It is it was worth it for me to watch my kid watch the movie. Okay. I need to do that. All right. We've got some more stuff. Uh, certainly Jordan Morris's hair. Congratulations on the new haircut. Bravo, sir. We uh we applaud you. Uh in fact, I feel as though we should inaugurate a new drop for Jordan Morris. I, I don't know. Maybe we got to get something about a haircut or something like that. But maybe well, there should a- be something like Save the Bell, like AC Slater calling Zach Morris preppy or something like that. <laughs> All right. Maybe we can work something out. Maybe he definitely deserves a Zach Morris drop. Um, in the meantime, while we work out what that is and take suggestions, 347-756-6276. Give me your thoughts on that game. Um, That game was kind of hard to watch. But I kind of feel like it should be hard to watch. I, given what that team is, given what that camp is, given the fact that Canada's getting better. Let's, let's just be honest. Canada's getting better. Um, and this was closer to their first team probably than it was the U.S.'s first team. They had a lot of their choice guys available. I think that I'm almost jealous of the young talent they have coming through there. When you watch Kyle Laren play for Canada, doesn't mean, don't you wish like that he was playing for the U.S.? Uh, yeah, I know. Look, he scored a bunch of goals in, in MLS last year, one rookie of the year, certainly a great year, and he's a great talent. But I, I, but I think there's some, I think there's some talent coming through the United States to get excited about. But this does relate to the Josie Outdoor conversation we have to have. Before we do that, though, 810, you're on the air. Hey, guys. Um, I have not been listening, so just, not trying That's to right. change the subject here. The grand um, spirit of the show. A, Go ahead. 
Um, I just had a quick question on, um, I'm relatively new to following soccer like the last couple of years. And uh, the men's national team is my biggest thing that I care about. Cool. I was just curious, has there been a point in time in the past where there are as many young, exciting players as there are now? I'm talking like I'm looking at Christian Pulisic and uh, Cameron Carter-Beckers, Emerson Heinemann, Kellen Acosta, like those kind of names of players who really look like they're well. Look, he- here's the thing about this, and I'll let, obviously I'll let you get his perspective. For me, while while I'm excited about all of these players, and there certainly seems to be a bright future, and 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 really, I I, I am I do legitimately believe we're going to get a lot of talent out of this generation. There's still most of them just a bunch of potential. Like we, we have been go back. My suggestion for sort of the last time we got really excited about a group of kids is to go back to 2007 U20 team, Jared. Remember that team? Yeah. I, I think there's two other precedents, precedences for this. Um, and I, I, first of all, I want to echo what Jason's saying. I, I agree. And also what the caller's saying. I think there's an amazing amount of talent right now that there's to be excited about. Just be honest. Be excited. I mean, we temper ourselves yeah, sure. a lot. We said, don't get it. Yeah, don't, don't, don't make go any apologies about Get excited. About yeah, I mean, yeah. it's okay. Get hype. Get hype. Go for it. Go. Yeah. But okay, at cool. the same Thanks. time, I, sorry, at, at the same time, I agree with Jason that that 2007 class that U20 had Michael Bradley, um, Josie, uh, you had Josie Altador, Freddie Adu. Let's not forget you, you had, um, uh, what's my man? Danny Satella. Who yep. kind of, you have those guys too that drop off. Sal Zizzo. You know, so. Sal Zizzo, yeah, he was on that that as well. I think maybe even with Julian Valentin on that team as well. Uh, I, There's a few guys out yeah. there that, that may be on that team too. But it, here's the hard part. It's hard to judge this right now because there's been points in history where there's guys to be excited about that nothing came of. Yeah. And a lot of these guys may fall down that same path. I mean, Joe Zhao was this guy. Yep. yep. You know, there's been these kids over to, over the years and I mean, to be honest with you, Jovan Karaski was this kid. Kenny Cooper was this kid. I mean, we have had versions of this in the past, but I think probably the best crop that paid off was the 99 under 17 team where you had Landon Donovan, DeMarcus mm-hmm. Beasley, Oguchi Onyewu, Kyle Beckerman, uh, Bobby Convey. Uh, the, the, the list goes on. There was a lot of really good talent came out of that. This class right now, I think is the first one that really has the potential to outshine that one which is yeah. probably considered for all intents and purposes the golden age well, what's, what's or the golden the golden age of, of u.s soccer one of the things that i that i Gold think generation is, i should say i'm sorry right one of the things that that we're, we're talking about a, a group of players here but we're not necessarily talking about the same they're not all in the same class meaning they're not all of the same age group which i think yeah. maybe is what yeah. happened we got the trap we fell into 2007 as you said um it wasn't it was it was michael bradley it was josie outdoor it was freddie adu those are names you still know and have shown up it julian valentine was on that team um tony beltran was on that team andre Akpon, preston zimmerman remember he when he was a, an exciting he, young he player he was at 1860 munich or stuttgart he was a stuttgart uh, he was at hamburg back then uh um, yeah brian arguez uh who never turned out to be much and actually got himself in trouble on, on some fronts um anthony wallace uh, as I mentioned, Sal Zizzo, Gabriel Ferrari, yeah. remember him? Uh, was Gabriel in, Ferrari was supposed to be big. Yeah, he was in Italy at the time. He was playing time. in Italy, yeah. Uh, so, you know, it, it's easy to get wrapped up in the idea that they, the, all these guys are going to follow through naturally on their path and they're going to explode into stars, and we know that's not going to happen. But if we got, you know, out of the group that you just mentioned, and, and you just mentioned, what, three players out of maybe 10 or 12 that are legitimately exciting, and again, not all in the same like exact age range, uh, uh, more than a handful are going to come good, I think, in terms of quality professionals. Whether they what, what, what's are really stars, interesting ah. is that 
when you get a guy like Pulisic, he's this is different, okay? And here's one of the big reasons why it's different than anything before. We've never had a kid this young getting these minutes with a top 10 team in the world. Top 10, Jason. Yeah. I mean, there's no doubt. Borussia Dortmund is probably top 10, and you could make the case for even more than that, possibly. Yeah, well, I mean, they took a dip, um, and obviously Klopp left. Second they, place in the Bundesliga right now, sure, right? Sure, absolutely. Uh, to, second place in one of the top two leagues in the world means probably they're in the top ten. I, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna question that at all as to whether or not they're, you know, they're not a Champions League winning type of team right now. That's no. that, there's like four teams that are gonna do that: Barcelona, yeah. Real Madrid, Bayern Munich. Um, uh, uh, who am I missing? I, uh, you could throw one of maybe one of the English teams maybe, in there, but not, not very not, likely. Nobody knows that they're not going to win it. Now with Leicester City leading that league, so yeah, I, I, I think that, and he's seventeen. I mean, he's seventeen. When's the last time we had a teenager in a? We, we've I don't think we've ever have we ever had a teenager in a level on, on that level, Jared, as an American. I'm player? trying to think of a time where we did. Um, you know, I, I want to say, man. I don't know that we've ever had someone that close. Julian Green was maybe pretty close because he made the bench for a few Bayern Munich squads, right? Yeah. But um, I think it was Europa squads. I don't think it was ever Bundesliga squads. Yeah. But and, and, and that's different, though. And I know you want to repeat, not you, but I know people want to say that's not different. But for me, it is. This is a kid from Hershey, Pennsylvania. This is a guy that was cultivated here, made here, you know, and there's a different level of pride. And I'm sorry, I'll wear that badge of that guy that says it. It's a different level of pride for me you. when I see I'm that guy Look, hit it. And, and you know, I even had a, I had a discuss, I talked to Brian Shredder today, and I had heard some some negative things out of Scotland about Gideon Zalalem there, um, uh, that he maybe wasn't fitting in, that he was having trouble with the physicality, and, and while that may be true, apparently he's, he's still doing well. He's still rel- doing relatively well, getting playing time, learning on the job, and yeah, he hasn't made his Arsenal debut yet, but we might be a year away, or you know, in in a real game. I think he's played the FA Cup for them. We may be a year or two away from having a starting 11 player in, now I'm not saying it's definitely going to happen, but a starting 11 player at Arsenal at a Borussia Dortmund. And, and if you yeah. told an American soccer fan five year, years ago that that was, that, you know, ask him if they thought that was possible, they would have laughed in your face. Or they would have said it would have been Michael Bradley or someone like that. They Maybe, wouldn't expect to be kids this young. No, certainly not. And, and, and so there's definitely reason to be excited. Again, we should temper our expectations. Because, but be excited. Yeah, yeah. Be, be, until they prove you... Uh, it's like the first time I went to see the new Star Wars movie. Okay. I was extremely excited, <laughs> but I also knew that there was a 50-50 chance I was going to leave that movie extremely let down. Okay. So there's a part of you doesn't want to get your hype up, but it's like, oh man, the trailers are good. And that's what I feel like with Pulis- Pulisic right now. That trailer was super good I saw last week or two weeks ago. You know, I can't wait to see the feature film. I just hope the future film doesn't let me down, but I'm excited about it. Okay. All right. I mean, that's not, I'm not, that's not me, but hey, good for you. I mean, that, that's, uh, what's that's it great. like not to love? I, I love many things. I'm just don't, I don't, I don't follow the pact blindly, you know, like I like Star Wars. Follow the pact. But... Just because something's popular doesn't mean you're a sheep. Uh, <laughs> I don't know. Oh, I can't, I can't believe you were jeans. No, no. And here's the thing. Like, I'm certainly, I've certainly been obsessive about various things over the course of my life. Um, enough to be called a nerd about some stuff. I just, for whatever reason, it never happened with Star Wars. And I, I don't, I'm not, I don't hate on people who love Star Wars. I just, I think you do. I think you do. I, I did for a time, for a time, Jared, we may have had this discussion. For a time, I was a little, uh, high and mighty about the, uh, about the, the movie. I'm just going to let you know, dude. television I'm gonna let you know. science fiction in the world. 
Like the I force, felt like the force is even in you, Jason. <laughs> <laughs> I was the kid who read Asimov books that hadn't been turned into anything. Who read and that? Yeah, how is this not? Did, you are this kid then? How are you reading Asimov books? But you're not reading like Star Wars books because, or anything like that. Because to me, the fact that it had already been a movie and then they were writing books off the storyline was cheap. I felt that like that was cheap. Oh my! I know. Lord. I don't know, man. I'm telling you, I just thought it was cheap. Like it, it was weird for me. I, I was. I had a bad attitude about. I was. A, I was a sci-fi like snob. It was really dumb. It was the stupidest thing ever. I read like. I read everything Orson's yeah, Scott Card. There's fire in space. I can't watch that movie. I read everything Orson's Scott Card, Isaac Asimov. I'm trying to think of a couple of other uh, writers on that list. Uh, I like Ray Bradbury. Uh, yeah, I read some Bradbury stuff. I'm sure I did. Sagan. Did, did you say Bradbury? Yeah, Bradbury. Yeah. Sagan. Uh, Sagan. Yeah, Sagan. Sorry, I, I don't think I read much. Well, and Sagan. you're a Neil. You're a big Neil Stevenson guy too. Yeah, well, that's, he's, he's a little bit. He's a little bit later. Neil Stevenson. Neil Gaiman. Huge, but that's a little bit later too. More my teenage years and like into the nineties, or maybe even right, later before, than that. Before the caller came on, you were for some reason you were going to talk about Josie Altador. What were you going to say about Josie Altador? Well, okay, look, I, I, Josie Altador scored in both of these games uh, from this January camp. Lots of reports that he has been excellent in camp and that his movement and his effort has been great, even in the games. Now, of I course, believe it. It's Iceland. With a B minus C squad, and it's Canada with a let's call it A minus B plus squad. Of I'm course, gonna say this. I don't care. Okay, I really don't care because here's the thing: the thing that uh, things that I'm positive about from Josie Osdor from watching these games is interchangeable with any other team they play for, they play against. Because what I loved was his level of interest in the game and the runs he was making. He made some of the best runs consistently I've ever seen Josie Osdor make. The way he was timing the back line, the way that he was communicating and non-verbally and verbally like with his team to time those line, 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 those runs just right. And Lee Wynn's a part of that. Okay. But by having Lee Wynn there, now I am not going to say Lee Wynn had a great two games. I hear people, I, I don't understand people say Lee Wynn had a great first game. I heard that narrative so many times. I just didn't see it, okay. but he had good moments of the game and the good moments of that game yeah, but, benefited Josie. But Altidore. isn't that, isn't that, isn't his position and even Josie's position to a certain extent, um, about moments, both good and bad. Don't we judge strikers on a few moments in an entire 90-minute performance or a 75-minute performance? That is one way and the easiest way that we go about it. But I'm saying there's another level in these two games. You go back and watch Josie Altidore's off-the-ball movement. In the past, what's one of the biggest things we can play about Josie Altidore? Disinterest, yeah. right? Well, yes, yeah, seeming disinterest. Certainly. A seeming, okay, you, you know, know what? It's totally fair. A it, seeming disinterest. It, 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 I don't think you can watch these two games and come to that same conclusion. Body language. That's what, that, that's what it's always been. It, and, and Josie, Being a freaking leader. He's what, 27 at this point? Yeah, like, Josie you're a leader he, on this team, whether you like it or not. Josie gets himself in trouble when his body language goes bad. I mean, I just watched the Super Bowl yesterday, obviously. Cam Newton's, you could tell he was in trouble. I love Cam Newton as a, as a football player. I think he's incredibly talented, but psychologically that game went sideways for him and his body language went to crap. And I, I just, it didn't seem like he was going to get it back. And, and Josie's the same way. You, you can identify the moment if you watch back or, or if you're paying enough attention, you can identify the moment of certain games where Josie Outdoor has checked out. Yep. Mentally checked out. And, and it's, it's not that he doesn't have the energy. It doesn't not, it's not that he doesn't want to win or score the goals. But for whatever reason, 
Something goes wrong. He doesn't get a call. He gets spiked. He misses a chance. Something happens, you know, a bad touch, whatever, and he clicks off. And and that, But that, that's why it's important to me that he came to camp a week early. Okay. That's why it's important to me that people are saying that he's working hard in the camp because he needs to develop – say what you want about Kobe Bryant, but with him retiring, what's the one thing enemy and, and ally alike say about Kobe Bryant? No one works harder. No one works right. harder than Kobe Bryant. He may take good shots. He may take bad shots. He may be a good teammate. He may be a bad teammate, but no one's going to outwork him. So if all those other things you can or can't control in the media, how they spin your effort, how they spin the way you are on the, on the field, one thing they can't take away with you is how much time did you put in? Right. How much F sweat did you put in? So Josie Altor showing up a week early, that's a statement. Let me, let me, now let me, he has to back it out, back it up by doing it consistently. But that's a really good start. I, I'm gonna I'm gonna give you some tweets here from Cesar on Twitter because well that's what tweets happen on Twitter. I'm gonna give you Cesar's tweets about Josie, and then I'm gonna ask a, a, I'm gonna pre- present a conundrum or, or a situation for fans. Uh, Cesar says, um, uh, "Can we please ditch Altidore? All he does is p- just pass the ball back when they pass it to him. He has no agility. Uh, he has already peaked. No point in keep keep playing him. We will not get anything new from him." Once he's out of the picture, we will find uh, feel a new stage is beginning. Same goes to other regular players. Um, and I think, I think there is certainly an attitude that it's time to move on from Josie to get somebody in, even if that player isn't necessarily on Josie's level. Like I think certainly people hate on Josie and his. I, I, I both agree and disagree with that statement, and that made me put me on the fence. But I, I here, here's what I. Here's what I agree with that. There, he may not be the right guy for that. Well, by the he way, he may not I, be the right guy. I, but I, I, mean, I have I have a big issue with not with making that move until you have someone you know okay. is potentially going to well, fill well, that space. Then better. I'm going to present something here to you. But before that, Cesar's last tweet. I'm I'm sorry, Cesar. It's it's just runs, nothing special. What he does with the ball is what matters. He thinks oh, he's doing a good job by playing back. A strike. Everything is runs when it comes to a strike. Have you heard of a little guy Everything. named Filippo Inzaghi? Have you heard? Well, how about can I bring it now and talk about Chicharito Hernandez? Because that's what he does. That's what makes him the goal scorer he is. It's not what he does with the ball. It's where he what it's. Chicharito Hernandez can have three touches on the ball in the entire game and basically play dominant soccer from his position. Now, Josie's job is different because he's, he's playing back to goal. They're asking him to be uh, a release valve. They're asking him to play midfielders. He's passing the ball back because he's asked to do that, Cesar. Let me just yeah. say that, okay? Now, as you're going to play alone up top, you have to. As for his goal scoring, again, the goal against, well, the, 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 the goal that he scored against Canada, I think, is encouraging because he got to the back post and Finley played a great ball, but it's the goal against Iceland that you like better because of the run he made and the finish he put on that. And, and, and it's and, not just that. It's how cons- how many times he was in that position. Yeah. Granted, he didn't finish them all. And at the January camp, I don't expect him to finish them all, to be frank with you. Yeah. But how, was there any other U.S. player that was in more dangerous positions over those two games? No. No. That's what you want from your striker. Yeah. Then just convert. And well, I'm okay uh, with not converting in this uh, camp. Uh, uh, but he should be in those positions in this camp. And here's, here, this is what I'm going to say to the collective American uh, U.S. men's national team rooting fan base populace out there. Okay. Especially those of you who have completely turned on Josie Altidore and are ready to move on like our friend Cesar here. 
you should want Josie to figure it out. Okay, the the shortest path to the United States being better in front of goal is Josie Outdoor getting his confidence back, making those runs, playing to his ability. Finding somebody else to fill his shoes is a longer path to success, Jared. Yeah, there's no one there right now. There's just no one there. It's a risk no matter any direction. Is, is Jesse Zardo's ready to take that over? No. no. He can't take over a game by himself. You know, he's a good compliment player. And he's my guy. I'm from L.A., you know, but I'll be honest with you. Name me a striker. Name me a striker that's ready to play that role. It doesn't exist. No. Now, I think some people either are are, are imagining a, a team that doesn't play with a target forward the way Josie is asked to play or just okay. imagines they don't have to have one. Well, if, they, if they're not going to have one, then Clinton's got to make changes, Jared. I mean, you could go with a four four two, and then you could play like a Aaron Johansson or something like that with a Clint Dempsey. But it's you're gonna have to change up the way Clemson's been playing for five years. Yeah, yeah. And, and you know, he he's dude, been committed to this to this 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 solitary striker. Call it four five one. Call it whatever you want. But he's pretty. That's one of the only consistent things he's done. Except for the World Cup where we went to a 442 for some reason. The only thing I well, would say. Josie right, was hurt. That's why. Right. The only thing I would say about Josie, and again, the runs are, are, are encouraging. The effort is encouraging. The work is encouraging. The, the 10 pounds he says he shed, uh, is encouraging if he believes that's making him faster and more agile. I want to see Josie better on the turn. And maybe he's just never going to be good on the turn, Jared. Maybe. I think he beat defenders at least two or three times on the turn over these two games. Okay. One of them fouled and maybe should have been a red card. Okay. All right. Well, then, then, then you know, maybe that's coming along too. I mean, he is, like you said, he's 27. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to say the same thing about Josie Atsuor that I said about Pulisic, Pulisic. And it's probably not nearly as okay to say about Josie Atsuor because he's been around so long. But I'm going to remain hopefully... Uh, optimistic. Okay. Let me ask you a question. Uh, and I've been doing this for, uh, I, I did this today on my uh, soccer morning show. So hopefully you didn't listen. All right. You know who the uh, all time leading goal scorer for the US, U.S. men's national team is? Eric, no. I'm sorry. Landon Donovan. Okay. Landon Donovan is number one. Who's number two? Uh, Clint Dempsey. Clint Dempsey is number two. Who's number three? Eric Ronaldo. Who's number four? Josie Altador. Josie Altador. Josie Altador has 33 goals in 91. Now, again, the friendly factor is part of this. I don't know okay? if I could go to five. Oh yes, you can because hold, hold, hold. He's hold, the prototype. Hold. What we he's what we want Josie McBride. to be. Brian McBride. There you go. Thirty goals in ninety-five games. Josie Yatador, thirty-three goals in ninety-one games. Better strike rate. I'm not again. I'm not saying that every goal that Josie has scored has mattered or that he scored more important goals than than Mike McBride Brian McBride. Big, big, big goals. Brian though. McBride scored some big goals. Of course he did. But but I still think. But that, wait, but what McBride has had. That Josie doesn't, and I wish Josie could grab this one thing from him. McBride never quit. Yeah, ever. Yeah. There was never a point where my Brian McBride said, "I can't do this." Yeah. Well, he, and it showed in everything he did on the field, and that's just a different mentality that that team coming out of the late nineties into the early two thousands had that this team right now doesn't have. Yeah. There isn't grit to this team. Michael Bradley, Jermaine Jones, the only guys with grit. By the you way, know, say what you want, but Jeff Agus playing left back had grit. Yeah. Is that is that as deep as you can go? Five? You can't go deeper than that. Uh, if I go six, I would go. Uh, I may go midfielder with this and go Kobe Jones. No, Kobe's not in the top. No, I got nine here. He's not in the top. All nine. right, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Is it a striker? Yes. Okay, if it is a striker, it could be Weggerly. Hold on, it could be. Um, 
<clears throat> oh, oh, wait. Um, oh, I was going to say jo- Joe Max Moore. It's Joe Max Moore. Very good. <laughs> that's pretty good. Hold on one second. I'm going to give you a... Oops, that's not it. Let me give this there you go. a little ding for you. Uh, seven, I don't know that you're going to get. And old, old, what, okay. what position? Um, uh, Little midfield and forward. Okay, I'm going to go with Tab Ramos. No, you're going to go earlier. Think, think... Think early, uh, early modern era. Oh, uh, Gagens? No, no oh, early modern era. Yeah, I'm yeah. sorry, early modern era. Yeah. See, we got Chris Henderson back then. We have um, uh, Thomas Dooley back I then. I give you a big hint. What's that? This guy helped them qualify uh, for '94, but didn't go to '94. He did go to '90. Alajiri? No. Oh, I'm sorry. That was '90, not '94. Um, let's see who. And didn't go to 94? Was he hurt? No, he just didn't make the cut for 94. He They moved on from him by 94. Who was it? Bruce Murray. Oh, man. Dang it. I should have got that one. Yeah. Then uh, then it's Eddie uh, at 19. Bruce Murray has uh, 21. Eddie Lewis? No. Eddie. What oh, Eddie Johnson. Eddie Johnson at 19. Ernie Stewart at 17. And then Run DMB. Run DMB tied for Ernie, with Ernie Stewart. With us with seventeen goals, so uh, huh. yeah, which which just goes to show you that the history of the U.S. men's national team is not real deep. I mean, you know, not proficient. Yeah, the, the, we we're all, we've only been doing this thing for real for a while, for you know for like that third last thirty five years, thirty years or so, and you know that means because look, those guys in the fifties they get to play. How many, how many games. deep do you think I can go at assists? Um, let's see if I can even find assists because that's, uh, that's, you have to be able to, it should be nearby wherever you were looking up for the goals. Yeah. Now, hand to God, I'm not looking at a computer. I do have, I do have assists. How how deep can you, over under, how do you, how how far do you need? I I can go, oh, I say, can I say it this way? I could go three out of five. Okay. How about this? How about, um, I've got the top, I got the top 10. You tell me how many you can name regardless of order. Now, regardless of order, I can hit at least five. Okay, that that's pretty good. Batting five hundred on this, I think you can go deeper than five. I think okay, I'll, I'll go six. Here. I'll go six. Okay, all right, go go ahead. Go ahead. Landon Donovan. Okay, hold on, mate. I gotta get my belt together here. All right, Landon Donovan's number one. Kobe Jones, number two. By the way, the gap between those guys is insane. You know what the gap is between Landon Donovan? I would say at least fifteen. Uh, fifty-eight assists for Landon Donovan in one hundred and fifty-seven caps. Kobe Jones has 22 assists. Mm. The number two on the list. Uh, I'm going to go with Tab Ramos. Tab Ramos is number seven. So that's. I'm going to go with uh, Claudio Reyna. Hold on one second. I just, uh, I just lost my, um, I just so, did something to the webpage. Just give me one second. I'll find it. But, uh, Claudio Reyna is definitely in there. Yeah. So that's, that's, uh, that's definitely, uh, uh one of them. So let me give you another. another that would thing. give, that would give me four right there. Do you got your page back up? Uh, yep. Hold on, hold on one second. Uh, yep. I sure do. Go ahead. Also, Claudio Reyna is on there, right? Claudio, Claudio, uh, Claudio Reyna is number four all time. Okay. So I'm missing three right now? Uh, let's see. see. Number three? One, two, three, four. Yes. I'm missing number uh, three? You're missing number three. You are missing number three. Oh, man. Above Claudio Reyna, yet under Kobe Jones. Uh-huh. Eddie Lewis? No. Is he in the top ten? He is. He's number five. So you get Okay. You so, get, uh, so I got everything around this guy, but I'm missing this one guy. Uh-huh. He's not old school, is he? No. <laughs> no. Oh wait, is it Michael Michael Bradley? It is Michael Bradley. Look at that. Michael Bradley is number three all time on the assist list for the Espens national team with twenty. He has one more than Claudio Reyna in one fewer game. Does that surprise you? It that does surprise because Claudio Reyna was such a orchestrator 
And that's not what we always think about but, when we but, think of Michael but, Bradley. But Claudio, but you want to think that about it. But him. that's the thing, Claudio. I don't. Claudio wasn't necessarily final pass guy. You know, Claudio was. But you don't think of Michael Bradley that way either, right? No, but 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 he's been pushed into that role under Klinsman. Yeah, and I would I'd be willing to bet that most of these assists have come under Jurgen Klinsman. But there was a time where Reyna was playing like that too, though, because yeah, sure. he would play in front of Chris yeah. Armas for a number of years. So you've got one, two, three. I've got the top five the top and number five. seven. I think top five and number seven. You're missing. Yeah, you're missing. Well, there's no, actually number six. I, there's actually I, a, a couple of ties. That? There's a couple of ties in there. So yeah, I'll give you. Uh, I, there's more names than ten, but they're in the top ten. If you know what I mean. And I sorry, I already said a Lewis. Yep. Um, let's go with Chris Henderson. No, he's number thirteen. Oof. Missed out. Thomas Dooley. Thomas Dooley. Uh, hold on. Let me scroll down. Oh, wow. Uh, Thomas Dooley. Wow. Uh, oh, they, they did play as a defender for part of his national team career, too. He was too. a defender for most of his national team career, if I remember correctly. Uh, I, 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 he's, I'm sure he's here somewhere. Oh, Ernie Stewart's probably on both lists, right? Ernie Stewart is number 13 tied with Chris Henderson. Oh, man. I'm missing a couple guys here. Why, why am I missing some? Oh, Clint Dempsey. Uh, Clint Dempsey. Hold on one second. I went. I went uh, to a different list real quick. Clint Dempsey is number nine. So yes, he counts. I I'm guess. missing two of the top ten. Uh, well, like I said, there's some ties. With the ties. There. So there are one, two, three, four names left in the top ten. How many should I get? Um, you know all of these guys. It's just whether or not you connect the dots and. I mean, I don't know. I mean, uh, Demarcus Beasley. Demarcus Beasley's tied with Clint, number nine, 13 assists. And I'm going to go with Clint Mathis. Clint Mathis is number 17. Oh, wow. Down the list behind. Uh, behind. All right. Give me, give me the last couple. All right. Uh, Eric Winalda, 16 assists. Oh, that makes sense. Tied oh, Roy Wegerly. Roy Wegerly. Uh, Roy Wegerly. Uh, no, he's, he's down the list. He's not even here. Oh. I can't even see him. He's on the first page. Um, I see. I said what tab? Did you say tab? I did say tab. You did? Yeah. Oh, yes, right. I gave you tab. Joe Max. Joe Max is tied with tab. Oh yeah, I should have got that. I should just pick a couple of the guys that are also the highest scorers. They tend to go together. Yeah, that, I think that's uh, that's the top ten. After that, it goes uh, Harks at eleven assists. Alexi Lalas tied with John Harks with eleven. That's assists. the highest ranking defender, right? Um, the highest rank- ranking pure defender over his whole career because Eddie Lewis and Demarcus Beasley both played some defender. Yeah, yeah, I don't consider them defenders. Uh, no, no, they're national midfielders. Career. All right, well, that's uh, that's pretty good. That's pretty fun, I think. Uh, 347-756-6276, the phone number here. We talked a little U.S. men's national team against Canada. Again, don't take a lot away from that game. The Josie stuff. I, I like mean, I like, I like Ethan Finley. Can I take that away from him? Yeah, sure. He didn't play very well against Iceland, but apparently what Josie said um, after the Canada game, the assist, was that he's been dropping dimes like that all camp long. So you like I believe Ethan that. Finley. Uh, he, he, the, I, there was a, look, the guy can beat players 1v1, and he's got that, he's got a, a sweet right foot, and, and he put the ball exactly where it needed to be back post in a place where the goalkeeper had no shot at it. There's, who's one player over those two games you didn't get to see enough of? Uh, Nagby? How much did Nagby go? I felt he like he went a, a like maybe a half minutes? game total. Yeah, okay. So I guess he got like a maybe 15, more than that. Uh, 15 I'm gonna say Perry minutes. Kitchen. Okay. Harry Kitchen should have okay. had a shot somewhere in these games more than like the last second sub. I uh, mean, listen, if you're gonna if you're shopping Jermaine Jones, do do Perry Kitchen a solid. Get him on the field. The guy needs a team. I know, right? And and, and this is the other thing out of the Canada game is people complaining. Why are we doing the Jermaine Jones center back experiment again? And oh, it was rough. I, I feel as though it it's it, it the only ex- 
explanation is is it's Jurgen Klinsmann giving his boy another showcase at a different position. I'm, I'm gonna give one more. I'm gonna give one more reason why this may have happened, and I think it's because it's the Canada game, and and Jurgen Klinsmann was expecting Canada to play on their heels. So what you'll notice a lot of times when the ball would go forward, Jermaine Jones would go into the attack and they'd run a three-man back line. That's why they put Birnbaum out on the right because when Jermaine Jones comes forward, he becomes the second center back and they just play a three-man yeah. back line. So they're all busy playing center back across that back line. So uh, when Jermaine Jones would go out, they, he would just tuck in. So I think that's the way he cho- wanted to play. He didn't think I don't think he thought U.S. was going to be under the defensive pressure they were in that first half. Okay. And but but when he was, J- Jermaine Jones was out of sorts. Mm-hmm. He didn't seem to know where his position was. Yeah, I'm 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 I, I'm not a fan of Jermaine Jones at center back. Clearly, and 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 really, it. I, look, I I it know doesn't bother me that he plays defensive midfield. No, I, I I know that he is something, but to he's offer. not the future. No, he's not. I mean, this is this is. The argument for dropping Josie is fairly weak because of his age. The argument for dropping Jermaine Jones and moving on is fairly strong because of his age, even if he might be one of the two or three best defensive midfielders in the pool, because he's not making it to 2018 um, as a as a, con- a significant contributor. Now he may be useful over the course of qualifying, and I guess maybe that's why you roll him out in this in this thing. And again, as a showcase, Jared. I agree with that. I'm okay with that. Yeah. Uh, the other notes I've got, um, eh, that, that's it really. Uh, yeah, I think that's it. Uh, the U.S. men's national team January camp close, uh, comes to a close. Now we get to look forward to, to March. Uh, one more note on this. This is an interesting observation, Jared. I'm not sure how much you've been able to watch them. Um, you, you have admitted that the Premier League doesn't always draw you in be- unless there's an American connection. But mm-hmm. Luke, Luke on Twitter says, I just read this article. Uh, on ESPN FC about Leicester City. Leicester City play the way the U.S. men's national team used to play. What happened? And, and what he's talking about, I mean, if you watched Leicester City against... Oh, I, I can sum it up in a four-letter word I used already tonight. Yeah. Grit. Well, it's 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 grit, and it's it's strategic use of the ball, especially on the break. I mean, that that's mm. really what it is. I mean, you watched... If you watched Leicester City take down Manchester City this past weekend, what you saw was an opportunistic team that was confident in their ability to defend and then do damage on the other end. Uh, you know, we're using that's, that. Uh, using honestly, that's speed. kind of what a Bob Bradley team would look like in the EPL, wouldn't it? Absolutely. Yeah, Bob Bradley's team would be a dead ringer for Leicester City in my mind. Absolutely. I mean, people may say it's negative. People may say that's not the way top flight football should be played, but you can't argue with the results. No, of course not. And, 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 and listen, if you're going to be dealt a, a, a tens of, if not hundreds of million dollar hold to, to another team, then you do this. Yeah. You do with this if this is what it takes to win and both win, make money, make headlines. I, I'm sorry, but if you can't compete with the talent other teams have, find a way to negate that talent. Yeah. Yeah, we'll you make see, it ugly. We'll see if Leicester City can pull it off. I think that's not ugly. That's story. not even fair, Leicester. I shouldn't say that. Yeah. You make it simple. Yeah. Let's uh, let's come to some MLS stuff here, Jared. I'm going to start with your boys. Uh, you know, look, we we we've gone through the whole Ashley Cole thing, the Nigel De Jong thing, which is, I feel it, better about it now. Did I tell you that? No, I'm going to get your opinion on this. But I, my first question to you is why Ashley Cole and Yelly Van Dam can't show up in some decent clothes. To, to be unveiled. Yeah. Like what, and what was Yelly wearing? They said, I bite it's back. A, I bite back. What yeah. the listen, hell? Listen, I, I get it. The guy's trying to make a statement. That's who he, I get a feeling that that's how he wants to sell himself to this league. And I, as an LA Galaxy fan, I love that because this team has played like, like, like they're playing over a T set. There's been no, 
Like I, I want a destroyer in that back line. I want an Aurelian Collin type guy in that back line. I think that's what we got. I do agree with you though, but I mean, a couple of years ago, Hugo Boss is outfitting the, the LA Galaxy and they look right. sharp every game, right. every time they're in front of a camera. Right. This was no effort. I just right. think that LA Galaxy has to be better than this. Yeah. Now, granted, I get it. They came from practice, from training, but unless they weren't told that they had a press conference afterwards, uh, well, it doesn't mean you can't still dress nice. Look, look and I'm not going to put this on Chris Klein. This is their unveiling. I'm not going to put this on Chris Klein or Bruce Arena or I don't even know who, who else is over there in the, in the, uh, you know, I know Peter Vahanis is, is doing stuff, but that's, he's academy, right? So. Well, uh, Chris Klein looks good every time he's in front of Well, that's what I'm saying. Chris Klein is always dre- If, if Alexi Lawless, and uh, I mean, you know, there are other guys too, but if Alexi Lawless is running the LA Galaxy, there is no way those two guys are showing up looking like that. This, this is the, the bruising of LA Galaxy because <laughs> my man is totally cool. Just wearing a track suit and like yeah. setting pretty low expectations no, fashion wise. Not a big fan. And I get it. This, this is not what he's interested in. It's not what's important to him. Play on the field. I get it. I can get with that. But come on, man. Yeah. This is the LA Galaxy. Yeah, you got Robbie Rogers over there with more fashion sense in his fingernail than what was displayed in front of that camera. Yeah. Um, l- l- let me, uh, let me get to this call real quick. Robert from Los Angeles. You're on the air. Go ahead. Hello, guys. Uh, I want to ask you one question that you might change the subject. Uh, it's about maybe a few weeks old, but I want to get your thoughts on it. With, um, Jordan Morris, uh, now coming to MLS, and I'm not, uh, I'm not asking about should he play in MLS or not. It's since Seattle has the homegrown, uh, or his homegrown rights, does it kind of, uh, verify that the draft is kind of meaningless since he went straight to Seattle? Cause the way, like, in like American sports, the, the quote best player should go to uh the the team that finished last. So he 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 uh, he wasn't in the draft, so he should, he didn't go to like you know uh Chicago since he had the first draft order. And I just want to get your thoughts on that. All right, I'll let you go, Robert. Appreciate the call, Jared. Do you think the the draft well, is dead? Is Robert Solange let him go? No, I had to let him go. Okay, because my my question, for Robert, would have been what when did it die? Because that's an important question to me. If you're saying, uh, did it die this year? It could be. Maybe we're too close to it to know. But if you're saying it died three years ago, then that means Kyle Lauren. You're saying that wasn't useful to him? I mean, Harry Ship? I mean, it is useful for a certain level of player still. No, Harry Ship was not a draft player. He was a homegrown player for the fire. Oh, I apologize. Yeah. But it's still Omar Gonzalez, A.J. De La Garza. Those were a few more years back. But there's quality to be got from the draft still right now for certain teams. Mm-hmm. Now, there's teams that are evolving into what I consider like uh, some kind of 3.0 or something like that when it comes to draft, or at least it's talent 2.0. Now, look, look it's, not, it's not that the draft is dead. Okay, Again, last year's draft, Kyle Laren, Kyrie Shelton, uh, Fatia Lashi, uh, Matt Polster, uh, Tim Parker. My man, my man, Tommy McNamara a couple years back. Christian Roldan. I mean, just, uh, this is the first. Now, Miguel Aguilar, who's a um, DC United player who may, might start to do stuff, something this year. 2014, Andre Blake, Steve Birnbaum, Steve Newman, Eric Miller, Tesho Akindele, uh, JJ Koval, Nick Hagelin, uh, Patrick Mullen, uh, a couple of other guys. It's not that there's not talent in the draft. It's the question is whether or not there's enough talent in the draft to merit holding a draft for four or five guys. Because I, I would phrase it differently, Jason. Is there premier talent? No, but in the draft? I think there's one or two or three guys every year who are going to be 
stars in MLS on some level, whether it's Kyle Laren in his first year or they're going to develop over the course of a couple of seasons. There are guys who are talented enough to become stars in MLS. The question is whether or not you go through the whole exercise of the draft in order to have teams pick the two or three guys that might come good, or if you figure out a different way, a weighted allocation system. No, don't do that. That's too many rules. But No, it, I, I think what it's coming down to, the draft is becoming akin to the All-Star game. We do it because it's what we do in American sports, not because we need it, not because it has inherent large value anymore. Um, I think it's going to become less and less needed as it goes along, but there's going to be guys that slip through the cracks, yeah. man. I mean, I, it needs to be there for those guys so those guys have opportunity because a guy growing up in Walla Walla, I don't know, that's actually Washington, so Seattle would get him, but a guy growing like Chattanooga. Okay. Well, who's homegrown in there? I mean, who? What MLS team is developing that kid? Yeah, the kid from that kid needs the draft. The kid from uh, Omaha. What is he? Let me, let me let me let me tell you about the two guys from from Georgia that don't have an MLS team. Clint Mathis and Josh Wolf came from the same same area of Georgia. Yeah. Without college, who's scouting them? You know, these guys, these stories are all over the place in the U.S. It's too big. Well, uh, it's yeah. too big. It, it, you it, need it, some function right now because these academies aren't good enough widespread enough and detailed enough to catch every guy along the way. Yeah, of course. And listen, there's plenty of guys that have been developed that haven't done anything. Travis Bowen? I mean, Tristan Bowen? I mean, there's all sorts of academy guys that have been signed that also didn't pan out. Okay. So yeah. th- these, neither one of these things is a catch-all. No, no, sure. But to go, sure. to go back to what we were talking before, my man, well, but Ashley Cole, Yellow Van Dam, Nigel De, De Jong, I, I was a hater on a lot of those movies. I've always liked the Nigel De Jong one. The Ashley Cole one, I've never liked, but I'm rounding into form. And this is mainly because uh, when Kevin Baxter put his piece out in the LA Times, I didn't realize what value these guys were going to be got yeah, at. Yeah, that, that, that was the, the, the key to making me understand better the moves that they made. Absolutely. I mean, if you think of the $1.3 million that you cleared out in Omar Gonzalez and Juninho, you're gaining back in those three players. You got a three-for-two trade. And you freed up money going back into your pocket because the, the sale of those guys goes into. So you're only paying the same salary you were before. Plus, you got $1.5 million in. Well, I'm not sure how much they got in trade. That was their salary cap. That was right. their salary cost. Right. I'm not sure how much those two Mexican teams played uh, in LA Galaxy to take those players off their hands. They don't disclose that stuff. But whatever they got in those transfer fees, so they made money on the deal technically. Now, Nigel DeYoung, if, if things are to be uh, if understood correctly, and I think Kevin Baxter's article alluded to this, he has incentives built into his next couple of years that's going to take his fees significantly up when Gerard takes off. But that's just good business by Bruce Arena. Yeah. The, to, the, to build that stuff in. Yeah. The, the loophole that, that Bruce used is to sign Nigel DeYoung to a backloaded contract that allows them to have him on the roster as a non DP in 2016 with the, the, the escalation of his cost going up in 2017 when Steven Gerrard has left and now there's a spot open, et cetera, et cetera. So it's, it's sort of a way around. It's, it's a way to get another DP player without having to fill the slot or open up a slot on this year's team. But you got to convince Nigel Young to take the deal. And that's, that's really the genius here is that Bruce Arena. Now, obviously, you know, Beckham's legacy at, at LA Galaxy help, but Bruce Arena managed to convince these guys to come in on $300,000 for 2016 or whatever and help this team win with the promise of future earnings. And, and well, not just that, but here's what I like about what Bruce Arena did. Now, when you play LA Galaxy and there's a 50-50 ball in the air or on the ground, you're worried. 
<laughs> You're worried. There's a reason why people didn't like going up against Junior Seau across the middle. Because uh-huh. when you have those kind of linebackers that will flatten you, you start to play differently. And yeah. LA Galaxy didn't have that in Janino and Omar Gonzalez. While I like Janino as a player, that's a different thing. Nigel DeYoung is a different thing. And I think that thing is something LA Galaxy needed. Last year, they had way too many guys that were trying to do uh, something special. And none of the guys are doing were simply destroying the field. Do you, do you know what I know about the, the one thing I'm positive about? Um, don't know what they're going to be like on the field together. Don't know how the season's going to play out. Don't know what kind of record the Galaxy will have or whether or not they won another title. But I guarantee you that the digital team and the marketing team over at LA Galaxy are doing something to to leverage the names Van Dam and De Young playing together. In the Come middle. on, of course. <laughs> Come on, if they don't have him in the splits between on oh on the shoulders God. of two other center backs, <laughs> like somehow like photographed in there. It's so good. Uh, uh, all right, we got a couple minutes here. Uh, do this little, little rapid fire thing, uh, Jared. Did you watch the Super Bowl? I did. Okay. Surprisingly, you did watch the Super Bowl. I watched the Super Bowl, of course. My team won. Hooray me! Uh, yeah, the other thing yeah. was that uh, the only soccer connection, I, the direct, only the direct soccer connection I could find, is that Neymar showed up at a Taco Bell commercial, and it seemed like a complete oh, nonsense. Kaka was at the Super Bowl. Was he? Okay. Well, I didn't. I didn't catch that. Um, I, you know, I'm sure. And you know what I found interesting? Uh, Nigel De Jong was tweeting back and forth with some of the Manchester City guys, like Michael Richards and. Um, Who's not a defender over there? The uh, oh, Julian Lescott when he was there, and like, they're all tweeting about the Super Bowl. Nah, yeah. it was really weird to watch them go back and forth. It's like because you just don't have any context for that something that's that they're watching there. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh, huh. it, it, it it's be- I mean, the the world's getting smaller, and even the the Brits who didn't care before care now. It's it's real interesting. So that was the one soccer connection. Neymar showing up at a Taco Bell commercial. A little disappointed. For I'll coach- be honest, I have a family member that's pretty high in the Taco Bell corporate food chain, uh-huh. and. I, I got to talk to her about that and figure out how that happened. <laughs> maybe, you can, maybe you can get Neymar on the show. I don't know his English skills, but I can't get you a chalupa. Uh, you, I can't even. Uh, I can't, I'm not going to be able to get you Neymar. Well, well, the thing he was selling is called the or or the commercial was selling. It's called the quesalupa. Oh God! It's just I don't understand. It's like they play tinker toys with words. <laughs> That's pretty, pretty good. Jay uh, all right, uh, so. Uh, let me just go down my rundown here. We got Cole and Van Dam. We got Neymar selling tacos. We I don't want to do the U.S. Women's National Team lawsuit. It's an important thing. Go find out about it. We just don't have time to. There's flesh just it people out. that do. Well, what, yeah, go we, go follow Jeff. Go go. I mean, go follow John Zatanawald. It's way more complicated when we have time to un, to un, to unravel here. Um, basically, U.S. Soccer sued the Women's National Team to try to keep them from striking. And now the national team is suing back or something. Well, I don't last know. time we talked about unions, I got kind of in trouble. Uh, did you really? Well, I mean, some listeners didn't like my oh, feelings. Oh, you didn't like your feelings. Oh, your management, right? Okay. Uh, <laughs> we were uh, we're all aboard the Pulisic hype train. Pulisic hype train. Uh, we need a we need a drop for Christian or something. I mean, I know maybe that's a little too far ahead of ourselves, but the kids playing Bundesliga soccer for, as you said, one of the top ten. There's got to be world. something about everybody in the pool or something. There's yeah, got to be some we, kind of pool thing. We, we so we're do. taking we're taking suggestions. We're inaugurating new drops uh, by virtue of their pro, by, by virtue of their. Um, their promise as national team players for Jordan Morris and and because of his hair, because bravo, sir, you fixed it. And for Christian Pulisic, um, inaugurating him for his, uh, his arrival, arrival in the Bundesliga. So if you have suggestions for those two, hit us up at best soccer show and we'll work them in. Uh, the revs new signing, uh, his name, I don't remember his first name. His last name is Kwasi. 
He has a torn ACL and MCL. That just came out today, Jared. Brutal. Sucks to be a Revs fan right now. Well, and here's what I don't get. Like, he wasn't with the team, right? No. I don't know what, I don't know what so, the like, deal was. So, like, you don't have an out somewhere in that contract until he shows up as a Revs player that this thing is, like, open to get out of it? Like, if you're going to let him play someplace else, there should be something built in that gets you out if something like this happens. Yeah, they, it's, his name is Xavier Kuasi, which is a hell of a quality name for a soccer player. very good. Player. Uh, this was announced on the first. So a week ago, they announced the deal. Uh, he'll join the Revs in July, is what is what this says. So, well, speaking of injuries, he's going to come. Zuma guy or whatever his guy's name is, yeah, Chelsea, yeah. out for six months. What does that mean for Miazga? That's the good. That's the billion. Well, for us, that's the uh, five million dollar question. Well, technically, Cahill and Terry are still available. Yeah, but that leaves there's a spot behind that kind of sure. And, and you know what? Uh, you know, down the stretch of the season, Chelsea may find themselves not having a lot to play for. And there's a reason that maybe you start to phase out John Terry, or maybe maybe Cahill needs a rest. And and oh oh, here comes probably, the kid. You for sure, yeah, you probably for sure start phasing out John Terry. He ain't going to be there next yeah, year. Yeah, well, that's the plan. And, and you know, everybody's confused about the way Chelsea's handling that. I mean, he is, you know, he's an aging defender, and they're going through a transition <laughs> at Chelsea. So I don't know. Uh, no one see. wants their stars to die. Uh, DC United is upset because Orlando tampered with their target Antonio Nocerino, uh by virtue of the. Uh, discovery process, Jared. DC United had a discovery oh, claim, anyway. and Orlando talked to him because he used to play with Kaká, and now DC United is pissed because the price probably went up. So, how do you feel about that? Wait, so you can't talk to someone else's discovery claim? Basically, no, you can't. That's messed up. Well, I mean, that's the way the rules work. They're trying to keep. They're trying because, to keep the price. Uh, but down. here's what's messed up about the. Okay, the rent, I get it. The rent the is too damn hot, Jared. Jared, but that's what's stupid about discovery because you can put discovery on on Cristiano Ronaldo, and then whatever team wants to do, yes, it, you, you can't can. talk to him. You no, you that team. If the if the Revs put a claim on Cristiano Ronaldo, they are not spending that kind of money for it, a DP. It, it, it la- but they can hold him ransom. Yeah, yes, exactly. And the, it's your stupid. discovery claim lasts for a year, I believe. Uh, I'm not that's sure. the equi- that's the adult equivalent of spitting on a donut. <laughs> it's spitting on a donut. I'm not hungry, but I'm gonna spit on that donut. So you can't eat it. That's actually damn dog. In a That's pretty good. That's pretty good. That's right. Yeah, like uh, licking the donut. You you want this? You want this? Uh, uh, yeah. How about now? How about now? You want it now? You want it now? All right. So uh, I don't know what's gonna happen with that. I mean. You know, every league's got every professional sports league's got some rules in this area in terms of tampering. Sometimes soccer is generally free reeling; anything goes around the world. Although you're not supposed to tap up a player, but it happens all the time. I, I don't know what's going to come out of this. I, I, I sometimes I want to just rage against the rules that MLS has in place that are that seem ridiculous. But on the other hand, the rules they, they they're in place and everybody knows what they are. So Orlando absolutely should. They should be looking at themselves saying, what the hell are we doing if they get dinged with uh, some kind of penalty? It, I mean, it might be a draft pick or something. I don't know. Or a fine of some kind. Um, a draft pick that we just talked about being yeah. no value anymore. Uh, I, was gonna, I was going to ask you which signing so far this uh, this offseason you're most excited for beyond the Galaxy stuff, but I don't think we have time for that. There's not that many, to be honest with you. I, I mean, I, I'm going to look. Uh, yeah, I'm going to look. Um, I'm going to look around. Anyway. Um, Fernando Torres has an MLS offer. We'll talk about that next week. We have uh, open wide for some soccer coming up, so we got to get out of here. Thank you very much to those of you who called. Um, Jared, anything else we should let people know? Mountainbow.com, M-O-T-T-A-N-D-B-O-W.com. 20% off by using the code SOCCER, and uh, get yourself some jeans. What else? 
Yeah. I don't know, man. Everyone's butt looks better in nice jeans. Yeah, so go get some. Hey, yo, get, make your butt better. That's a, that's good advice from Mr. Jerry. That should be someone's tagline. Absolutely. Make, well, Mo, that's like, it, it's like, it, it should be like Spike Lee, like Mo Better Butt. <laughs> we'll talk to you guys later. Bye. Eddie, what have you done for me lately? Duh and or, duh and or hello. Get to the chopper!